I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. While a student at Mississippi State, I visited a friend at his house in Starkville. He lived on a narrow street in an area in which parking was atrocious. Because of his narrow street, the city had planted a no-parking sign on that street. Well, I disobeyed this sign and parked right next to it. And as I was leaving my friend's house, I had just cranked up the car when a policeman pulled up behind me. Do you know what you have done wrong? He asked. No, I, I don't. I was just leaving. Knowing good and well what I had done wrong is that no parking sign loomed just to the right of my car. I know you saw that sign, she said. Oh, you mean that one right there? I asked, trying my best to sound surprised. Yes, that one right there. Do you know what that sign means? I guess it means no parking. Yes, that's right, it means no parking. I assume you are a student. I'm glad to see that your Mississippi State education is teaching you something. <laughs> Though I chose to obey that sign, that kind officer did let me off without issuing me a ticket. Signs are meant to communicate. Better yet, they are meant to reveal. They are meant to reveal information or reveal an action that should be taken. Signs reveal how far away we are from our destination and if we are headed in the right direction. They keep us safe by telling us the speed we should go or that we shouldn't enter a certain area or if you're like me, that you shouldn't park in a certain spot. Signs, they evoke reactions out of us. Here is one. If you were to see this sign on the back of a car going down Highway 463 like I did the other day, certain emotions may stir within you such as pride, joy, happiness, and a sense of belonging within a community of loving people. Or it may remind you that women's Bible study meets on 9.30s on Wednesday mornings and men's Bible study meets at 6.15 on Friday mornings and that you really have been wanting to join one of those groups. And this right here, this is the sign that lets you know you should do so. Or, here is another one. And I don't even know how I ended up with this, but it must be fate since now I'm working with the youth. If you were to see this bumper sign, this bumper sticker on Highway 4463, you would think, wow, EYC, especially here at the chapel, must really be a great program. I'm going to make sending my kids to EYC a priority because there is no other place where they can retreat to and experience the unconditional love of God. And if you are a teenager and you see the sticker, <laughs> you might think, yeah, EYC at the chapel, it's pretty great. I have a lot of fun there. I can't wait for it to start up again. You know what? I might even bring a friend to the next new I see. Then there are signs such as a gathering of clouds and strong winds that signal severe weather is imminent. Or if you look around your front yard, you may notice the brown grass and the withered flowers. 
If your front yard looks like the African plains, that is a sign that there is a lack of rain and that you need to water your lawn. So I think you get my point. Signs are all around us and they constantly give us information. As the Canadian rock group Five-Man Electrical Band sang in 1971, sign, sign, everywhere a sign, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that, can't you read the sign? What we do with the information signs reveal is important. Disobeying a do not enter sign can cause serious injury or even death. Or completely missing a sign can cause us to miss a turn and prolong our trip. The first lesson in our readings today sees Joshua giving the Israelites a choice. Serve the God of Israel or serve false gods and idols. The Israelites, they remembered those signs the Lord did while bringing them up out of Egypt and during their time in the wilderness. They remembered those miraculous deeds that our Lord performed, such as parting the Red Sea waters and raining down manna from heaven to eat. The Israelites, they remembered the signs and what those signs revealed. That the God of Israel is the God who will protect them. Therefore, they obeyed the signs that our Lord had done and responded to Joshua, we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. But today's gospel lesson is a little bit different. Jesus has already given the people a sign. He has fed 5,000 people. However, we see that those with whom he has been speaking that saw that sign, they miss it and they refuse to obey it. Now Jesus is an excellent teacher because not only does he give the sign, but he talks about it afterwards, talks about what it means, although not exactly in layman's terms. Those listening to his teaching about bread and thirst, water and hunger, they just aren't getting it. We see them grumbling among themselves about the difficulty of his teaching. They have seen the sign and the information it reveals. This is being told to them by Jesus. Jesus has come down from heaven. Jesus is God. And to receive the gift of life means to fully rely on Jesus, to put away things earthly and set your mind on things heavenly, to set your mind on Jesus. But those who grumble among themselves about his teaching, they completely miss it. They are more offended by Jesus' teaching than they are amazed at what they have seen him do. Jesus has somehow, some way, fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish, and their focus is not on that, but how offensive his teaching is, how difficult it is. And so they miss the sign, and they disobey it by following him no longer. Jesus is telling those people, I fed you all with five loaves of bread and two fish. Rely on me, and I can feed you so much more, and you will never go hungry again. But instead, they turn away. We too are only human. We miss the signs. In our humanity, 
we disobey the signs. We miss the sign that God is closer to us in our next breath. That wherever we go, we cannot hide from his Holy Spirit. God is in our midst, waiting for us to simply recognize his presence. But we fail. Because of our busy schedules and our own agendas that we have, we do not recognize, we do not recognize the presence of God. And God continually calls us. This past week, my question at the women's Bible study asked me what it meant for the kingdom of God to be present here and now, today. I've been reflecting on this question since Wednesday morning. The kingdom of God is here. And to recognize it, what do we have to do? We have to recognize the signs. We have to recognize the signs of God's presence. So I ask you, what are those signs? What are those signs in your life that assure you that God is present? Is it seeing the artistic hand of God in the sunset? Is it going for a run? Is it catching up with an old friend? Is it going fishing? Is it horse playing with your children or your grandchildren? Or is it when you are reminded of a loved one who has died? And what are those signs in this life in this community, the Chapel of the Cross, what are those signs that assure us of God's presence here in this place? Is it those Wednesday night suppers that have just started back that draw us all together after a very long day? Is it welcoming someone new to the parish with the hopes that they feel the same unconditional love that you have here? Maybe it's around the coffee pot outside in between services. Perhaps it is the worn-out feeling you have at the end of a very long day in the country. Or if you are like me, it's on a bench, out in the graveyard, outside. Psalm 139 says it best. Where can we go from your spirit, O Lord, or where can we flee from your presence? If we ascend to heaven, you are there. If we make the grave our bed, you are there also. If we take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead us and your right hand shall hold us fast. My brothers and sisters, the signs of God's presence is all around us. They are innumerable. God is inescapable. Let me say that again. God is inescapable. God is with us. God is with you. Look for him. Amen. Amen.